Hey guys, Paul Riddick here. Welcome back to another edition of the Baseball Dad Show, special edition. Um, we have Coach Sean Hughes on the line, and um, and Sean is in and part of a one of the most exciting developments I think in amateur baseball, and that is the Post Grad Academy. So for for as long as I can remember, I, I've always recommended kids to um, you know look into having an extra year between high school and college, and um, oftentimes that was you know prep schools or, you know, there were certain, um, you know, private schools that had like a 13th grade. Um, it wasn't, it, it was a pretty expensive proposition <laughs> to, to say the least. And it wasn't as readily available in everyone's area as I would have liked it to have been. But I think every player could have benefited from that. Even, you know, for, for, I've thought this way for probably for like 20 years. Now with the, with the advent of the transfer portal, uh, what we're seeing with COVID, the uncertainty around COVID and whether that's going to ever be a thing again and, and the players that were given extra time in college. The game of college baseball is, uh, I, I, would, I would say, in a little bit of disarray at the moment and where there are more people um, entering uh, and there are less people leaving. Um, and there's more people entering for a lot of reasons um, and less people leaving, less people leaving because the transfer portal allows people to shuffle around. Um, less people leaving because of COVID years, um, and there's more people entering and less people leaving because of the changes in major league draft. I mean, that's not a massive amount of players, but it still certainly has an effect. So um, I've been digging around on on, um, on postgrad academies and just found some amazing people. Coach Hughes is one of those people that we uh, I, I saw what he was doing and reached out to him. We had a great conversation, and, and I wanted him to join us today on this podcast to really talk about what, what a postgrad academy is, what to look for, um, how to pick a good one, and we're just going to see where the conversation goes kind of after that. So, Coach, I appreciate you, uh, you being here, and, and why don't you kick us off? Just kind of give us a minute or two on your background. Gotcha. Well, I appreciate you having me on today. Um, I am originally from Texas. I grew up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, I went to a small private school out kind of in West Texas for college called Howard Payne University. They were NAIA at the time and then transitioned to Division III. Um, and when I got done playing, I was about a year out and was just kind of looking around figuring, okay, what am I going to do now? Um, and my former head coach had said, hey, why don't you come back and coach with us a semester and just see if you like it and fell in love with it. And so I, I went on and got my master's degree at West Texas A&M, um, continued coaching there as an assistant coach for about seven, seven years, and um, then moved to Cisco Junior College, uh, which is kind of right in the middle of Texas, not too far from, well, a little, little west of Fort Worth. Um, I was there for 11 years, helped start the program there were from nothing, really, um, and, and throw it before we, before we <laughs> moved here still. Uh, in 2015, and um, kind of stepped away from coaching for a little bit to watch my kid grow up and get through high school. Um, and then during that time, met up with the guy that owns our facility, Brett Carroll, um, did some lessons, coached some teams, and then we started this post-grad in 2020. Wow, so, that's terrific. Uh, yeah, so it's it's been fun. Um, you know, coaching, it's it's kind of my passion, and the development piece of it has always been the funnest part for me which is why I was drawn to the post-grad program. Yeah, that, that's great. And, and, you know, just, just as a side note to everyone listening, starting a college baseball program from scratch uh, is kind of like trying to push back the ocean. 
you know, it is, it is, it is yeah. a very, I mean, just, it sounds like one of those things like, you know, it, it is really a difficult task. So, so just that uh, credential, that just jumped out at me as, as super impressive because I, 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 I have no experience of doing that myself, but I certainly know some other guys who have done it. And it's, it is uh, a really, you have to throw kind of everything you have uh, into yeah. that to, uh, to get it done. So let's start talking about some of, some of the things um, about a post-grad academy, like I think some of the people who are listening like may not really fully grasp it because it's so new, right? I mean, it's just, it's something that is, is brand new. And so it kind of doesn't make sense. What, how would you describe it to someone who is saying, like, what is it? What is a post-grad academy? Um, you know, some people call it a gap year, you know, for me, you know, in terms of when the players get here, it will feel like they're part of a junior college baseball program. That is kind of how we run it. So it's not just like travel ball where you're there kind of a couple of days a week. You know, we'll start mid-August. Mid we will practice six days a week. We will be lifting weights four days a week. We'll play a fall schedule in September and October of about 15 or 20 games. And then last spring I had 56 games scheduled, which is just as much as, wow. you know, the colleges have. So I think we got in like 46 of them. But it's a full-year development. It's, it's a full year feeling like you're part of a college baseball program. We have options where they can take college classes if they want. There's a junior college, Pellissippi State, right across the street from our facility. It's the largest junior college in the state of Tennessee. So they're not really falling behind academically. Um, we do have some kids take this as a true gap year and just do the baseball. Um, some go full-time over there. Some go part-time. Some will take online classes from back home at their local community college. You know, the academic side is a little bit separate from the baseball, but we still encourage them to do something while they're here if they can. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. I think it's better, even if you're just taking a couple of classes, just to kind of keep that, uh, keep that momentum going um, with your academics. So um, one of the, one, I think one of the, the, questions, the areas of confusion that I get from parents is, like, who would they play? You know, so you, you had yeah. 56 games scheduled, which is awesome. But, like, yeah. so who's, who's on that schedule? Take us through that. Yeah, so there are probably one, two, three, there's probably five or six junior colleges fairly close to us. And then a lot of the four-year schools within about a three- or four-hour radius of, of Knoxville have JV programs, right? And so it's their yeah. freshmen and sophomores that aren't quite ready to play, you know, on the weekends yet. Um, and rather than just practicing them, they have a JV team. And so usually our, our schedule is front-loaded for the week, so we'll play doubleheaders on Mondays and Wednesdays because all the teams that we, we would play are dealing with their conference stuff on the weekend. So it's still college-level competition, um, and it's pretty good. I mean, it, it, it's a wide range. We played Walter State last year, which is usually in the Junior College World Series every year. Um, and, and so it's pretty competitive, um, and, and our guys realize pretty quick that it's, it's not just like, hey, we're going to have fun. Um, we better strap up or we're going to get whooped. Yeah, that, that's – I mean, that's awesome. Like that has been uh, probably the biggest question that I get is, you know, who, who, you know, how many games they play and who would they play? Um, so that, that's awesome. And I feel like even the competition, you know, the, of the teams that you were playing, like that's serious competition. You know what I mean? You, you're playing against, you know, junior college kids. I got a buddy of mine coach at junior college here in New Jersey. Got to spend a lot of time around his team this year. These kids were hungry, man. They were hungry. They were tough. Um, and they're looking for opportunities. And you have a kid on a JV team of a college program. He's not there because he just wants to hang around, and it's not intramurals, right? You know what I mean? It's, 
the kid wants to play. So the competition, um, from what you described, is is um, is pretty fierce. Um, so you guys are located in Tennessee. If I'm a kid from New Jersey, can I come and be a part of your program? Yes, 100%. I would actually say that this year, the kids I have coming for this upcoming class, I have more out-of-state kids than I do in-state kids. Uh, I'm not sure why. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, but yes, if you're out-of-state, I got kids coming from, from Texas and New York and uh, Chicago, uh, Florida, Georgia, pretty much all. I've talked to kids from California and Utah. Um, I think it's a good opportunity to kind of get away. Uh, I, for me personally, as a dad, I think it's important for kids to kind of leave the nest if they can. It's, it's yep. kind of once really mature and grow up. Um, and uh, but yes, love to have kids from out of state. Um, and we actually even got one from Canada coming this year. Oh, that's awesome. Well, let's while we're on that, let's talk about some like parent stuff, right? So if I'm a parent and I'm sending my kid off to college, there's kind of like a predetermined path there, right? Of he's going to move into the dorms and there's orientation and the class schedules and all that kind of stuff. But if I'm, if I'm sending my kid to a post-grad, there's some uncertainty there. So I think the things that maybe some parents would ask would be, where will they live? Uh, what will they do in downtime? Is there opportunity for jobs? What about health, you know, healthcare, um, or as far as, you know, um, feed, you know, meals, all those things, like all those questions and concerns that a parent yeah. might have, um, take us through that. Yeah. So I, let me start with this. I have a son that is a junior in college and we went through this. It's different, you know, coaching. I'm usually on the other side of recruiting kids, and now all of a sudden, a few years ago, we're starting to look for places for my kid. And so all this stuff kind of pops up. And um, at least with our program, we have apartments for the out-of-town guys that are directly across the street from our facility. They're really nice apartments. They're about seven years old. They're fully furnished, so we have the beds and the couches, all the utensils and stuff in the, in the kitchen. And so when they show up, they're outfitting it like it would be a dorm. They need sheets and towels and clothes, personal items, um, but the rest of it's kind of taken care of, right? right. Um, we do not we do not have a meal plan for them, um, so they are on their own just in terms of cooking and groceries. Usually, in the first couple of weeks, we do have kind of some cooking lessons with them and talk about <laughs> meal prep. And most of them say they can cook, but it's like ramen and mac. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a lot of range in that uh, cooking yeah. ability. <laughs> Um, and I'll come back to the nutrition stuff here shortly, but, um, but yes. And then we, we do have a coach that lives in the apartment complex with them. He's actually married. So I, I feel like we have two coaches. So we do room checks on a weekly basis. We do drug checks or drug tests. Um, I have keys to all the apartments. Um, and so, you know, the safety of them is of utmost concern for us. And usually the, the only issue we've had is guys playing PlayStation too late. Right, they all put those things screaming at each other, and it's you know eleven o'clock or twelve o'clock at night. Um, so you know, from a parent standpoint, it is pretty safe. Um, in terms of staff, you know, I'm forty eight years old. I got a grown son. Um, my pitching coach is forty eight. He's got two daughters that are in college. The guy that owns the facility has two daughters. They're they're six and five. We just brought another guy on staff that is was a recruiting coordinator in the SEC, and he just finished coaching at a private school, but he's probably mid-50s and has grown daughters. So there's some maturity to the staff. It's not just a bunch of young guys running around screaming. Um, we all understand what it's like to have kids and why they're not my sons. They are somebody's sons, 
Right. And we take that very serious just in terms of the level of commitment to, to treating them the way I would want somebody else to treat my son. You know, that's the biggest thing uh, when we were looking for something for my son is where's he going to be and not, not so much where he's going to be, but who's he going to be with, right? Because that coach has a huge influence, especially that first year they're away from home. And so we do take that part very, very serious. Um, and I understand that's a concern, usually more for moms than it is for dads. Um, but sure. some of the other you – know, I wish we had access to a cafeteria, but at some point they're going to have to learn the skill of cooking, meal prepping, and looking at their week and trying to figure out what am I going to eat, you know. And so we just feel like we should go ahead and tackle it now rather than waiting, waiting on it. Yeah, that's yeah. terrific. I mean, <clears throat> like what I would just suggest, just because I know this audience really well, um, what, I le- what I left out of my intro is that I probably talked to seven or eight, you know, different post-grad academies. And uh, there were just uh, three of them that I thought that I would want to, um, you know, uh, bring to your attention as a listener. Um, and part of it was what, what Coach just ran through is I certainly talked to people who were like, we'll get these kids throwing 96. I got this guy throwing 95. I got this kid. And I'm like, where, where do these kids live? And they're like, oh, well, they find places to live. You know, or, you know, and, and so, I mean, that, that's why I think one of the points you need to make on post-grad academies is I, I asked you, um, you know, before we got on a call is, that, you know, one of the things I'd, I'd want you to talk about is what to look for. Well, he just gave you everything to look for. You know, he just gave you everything to look for. First of all, you want grown-up adults running the program, <laughs> running it with the, your son's best interest in mind, you know, having, the, having the, the, the foresight to have room checks and to have the keys and to, you know, make sure that there's somebody kind of aware of, of you know, on-premise with them. And, and, and then these are all, you know, uh, uh, fathers and coaches who are raising their own family. So, so they, they would take that very seriously. So that, that's, that's tremendous, Coach. I mean, there's a lot of things there that I'm really impressed with as far as, like, what you guys thought of. Um, let, let, anything else you want to add on that? before we? I, I wanted to kick back to baseball. Anything else you want to add on that? Is there anything that maybe you would, you would say to – parents of like what to look out for maybe some red flags or things because it's a pretty serious decision of who you're going to you know uh, basically entrust your son with for a year yeah i i always joke that i'm not a real good salesman because i really try to make the parents and the kids understand what they're getting themselves into um you know for me as a kid this would have been baseball heaven because i love it you know Uh, but if if your kid just kind of likes baseball or you feel like it's just a hobby they will be miserable here um I, I kind of say that we're relentless in the fact that we're going to show up every day and we're going to do something every day to make us better. Right. And so yeah. if you're just kind of you know, half in, half out, it's not going to go well. Um, and then in terms of what to look for, you know, roster size is one, you know, we try to keep it big enough that we can enter squad, but small enough that we can still spend time with the kids to develop them. You know, so if, if I'm bringing in, six shortstops or five short, I just don't, I can't really develop them that way, you know? So there's a fine line between what's enough and what's not enough um, because the magic in all of this is how much time we get to spend with them individually. Right. And so just making sure that not only do they have the staff to cover it, but are they qualified staff? Right. So the guy that owns our facility and works with our outfielders played in the big leagues, played professional baseball for 13 years, you know, Uh, my pitching coach right now took a job for the summer coaching in an independent league, which is professional. Uh, and he worked with a, a whole bunch of professional guys out in California before he moved here, right? Very experienced. The guy we're bringing on staff, recruited in the SEC and has coached forever, right? 
Uh, I've coached college baseball for 20 years, played independent ball for seven or eight years. So there's a, there's a body of work there where you can look at our resumes and go, they should know what they're talking about, right? right, right. Uh, that's not anything away from young guys, but, um, you know, there's just some experience there that I don't think you can get any other way. So yeah. um, just, you know, you, go visit. If you, if you think you like a place, go visit. I always tell them you'll know right away. When you come here and sit down and talk with us, you'll know right away if this is the right place for your kid. And if it's not, that's okay. We're not for everybody. Um, but I know that we're going to take care of them the best we can. And while they're here, I'm going to treat them like they're my kid. Yeah. So, so let, let's talk about that, like the, the roster. Um, Cause I think that is a, I think that's a question that people have. So kind of how do you play out your roster? How do you pick that? I mean, you do have limited spots and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, my number is right around 30 to ter- 32, right? So I'm trying to be a good two deep at every position uh, for sure, have a third catcher, uh, and then maybe another utility guy or two that can kind of move around. So position-wise, it's 18 to 20 guys, and then the rest are just pitchers. And, and honestly, the more pitchers I can find, the more games we can play, um, but it's usually right around 10 to 12 arms, right? Um, and that seems to be a good number. So even in the fall, we, we have enough to enter squad. We have enough arms that we can do a couple days per week. Um, but not so much that it becomes cumbersome for us to try to get playing time for everybody. You know, I, I don't, I don't think you have to play to develop, but that's why everybody's coming here. Right. That's the fun right. part. So, um, so, the, you know, keeping it, man, we've talked about ma- trying to make it bigger, but the other part of that that you don't necessarily see is, you know, I'm actively recruiting 30 kids in here while at the same time trying to place 30 kids. Right. 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 I will honestly tell you this is more work than when I was at the junior college. Um, just because at least at a junior college, you got two years to kind of get kids ready and maybe you're only pushing off 15 or 16 and um, it's not the sole purpose of being there. You know, for us, that is why they come here. It's not, they want to see how many games they can win. It's can you help me find a place that's a good fit where I'm going to have a good experience for the next four years. Right. Well, um, that's a great that's a great point that uh, quite honestly, like, you know, I, I guess I knew, but I really didn't consider that. Yeah. You are trying to bring in kids, but you're also trying to place them in a very short period of time. Um, and that, that's, you know, that, that's really important. I think for the parents to understand um, and, and also to look at, right. It, you know, it's great, the program and the people, but you also want to see where they're at, where they're ending up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we get kids that are at all different, uh, levels coming in. You know, this year I will tell you I have two kids that have um, had conversations and been offered by some Division One schools, but it wasn't a good fit for them. And yep. some of the schools they wanted to go to were like, hey, if, if you could come a year later, I'd take you, right? And so yep. rather than go to junior college, they did not want to burn a year of eligibility. They really liked the schools that they had talked to, and they're like, I will come do the postgrad for a year, work on some of my deficiencies, because even at that level they have room for development. And then hopefully sign her November for the following year, right? So, um, you know, they're, they're here for all different reasons. I had kids that um, broke, broke ankles, you know, didn't miss their senior year, torn ACLs, hurt shoulders. Some of them don't get healthy till September, October. So this gives them a chance to kind of breathe and get healthy rather than trying to push it and try to compete for a spot somewhere else in the fall. Um, the majority of our kids are probably just undersized. They've never really taken the time to get in the weight room. You know, they're 6'1", 155, 160, and they need 25 pounds, and we're really good at that. I'm certified yeah. as a strength coach and been doing it for 20 years. 
Um, at the junior college we were at, you know, we couldn't recruit the kid that was 6'2", 225. We had to build them. And so we got really good at putting weight on kids. And, again, that brings me back to the nutrition. And, you know, we have those conversations every single day about how much did you sleep, what are we eating. And if they're not growing the way we think they should, usually I can fix it because they're right here. I can go follow them around for a day and, and watch what they're eating. Or their roommates will tattle on them. So, <laughs> well, I think, you know, again, if you're a parent listening, all the things you just heard are, you know, the, and I, I think it's important that you, you do look at, hey, where do these kids go when they leave this academy? Because that's going to be really the, 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 the sign, right? What's the output of, of the academy? Um, and, and if you're listening to all the things that Coach just described, you know, talking about nutrition and talking about strength and adding weight and, and, you know, all of these things are major parts that, you know, you, you certainly would get at a college, but I don't know, coach. I mean, I, I think it varies. Obviously in some places you'd have more and some of it would be what a player would maybe would take advantage of. But do you feel like if a kid, let's, so let's say you talk to one of those kids, maybe could go D one. Right. And it wasn't a great fit for them. Would it, let's say they do go D one. Would they get what they're getting from you in that first year? Um, at the division one school. Yeah. What do you, um, I, again, I think it kind of depends on where they end up. I can tell you that, that there is nowhere in the country they will go where they will get as many one-on-one reps as you do here. And, yeah. and it's not because we're better than everybody else. It's because I don't have the NCAA telling me, hey, after six weeks you have to shut down baseball yep. activity on the field with the full team, right? I can keep going as long as the weather allows me. You know, with, with my catchers, I can continue to spend an hour a day with them uh, in the facility before we even get to practice right um for for honestly like 18 weeks the entire fall and so there's just the time factor where we're able to do more because we're allowed to do more so i don't think that makes yeah. it, you know coaches it's just that we have more time to do that right um and then also i guess in terms of you know we talked a little bit about the placement part um a lot of these kids have this idea that i want to go play college baseball but when you ask them where they don't really have a good good answer for you and right. if you ask most have you ever gone to watch a college baseball game at the division two yep. or division <laughs> they say no and so they have this yep. idea of what a college baseball player looks like and then you go watch a division two game uh i went and watched uh my son plays at carson newman they played at a school up north called quincy never heard of it before right those guys came in and looked like football players they were grown all of them every kid that walked through that dugout was bigger than me and they just rake. They hit balls yeah. all over the place, right? But you would think, hey, it's a Division two school up north, and eh, how good can they be? They were really good. <laughs> they were really, yeah. really good. But I got kids that I talked to on the youth side that, you know, again, they're, they're six foot 165, and they want to go play at a high level, but they haven't necessarily taken a, a step back to, to really invest in the strength and conditioning side. So, you know, I always say at this level, everything belongs. It's all connected. The nutrition, the sleep, mind, body, soul. If I'm having trouble with my girlfriend, at some level it's going to show up in the cages, you know. And so for us, um, we're not just coaching them. We're doing life with them for nine months. We're getting to know them. I'm, I'm going to figure out what they like to eat, what their favorite music is, all of that. Because if, if I don't know them, I don't feel like I can, I can coach them. Um, so that's – you're just getting a little bit different feel coming here just because of the time that we can spend with them. 
Yeah, that's terrific. That is absolutely terrific. I, I, I guess one one more point I'd like to make. You know, you talked a lot about the training restrictions, and that's that's something to to really consider. You know, especially with the transfer portal, um, especially in the last like two weeks. We're recording this. Uh, what are we about mid June? Even in just the last two weeks, things have changed pretty dramatically uh, based on what we've seen in kids entering um, the transfer portal. That you know, development. Oh man, it might it might not be the the thing that a coach wants to invest his time in in college. You know, a college. I think uh, it's always a shock when I tell parents. I say, look, it's not in a code college coach's job description to develop players. You know, it's nice yep. if they do, and it's nice if they can, but it's not in their job description. You know, the AD doesn't say how many players did you make better. You know, at the end of the <laughs> year, they just want to know how many games you won. And so you, yeah. know, you have a son who you have a son who maybe needs some development time, and you might think he goes to a great school, or you know, I don't know that. I mean, there's obviously it's it will it, it's always will come down to the player who you know puts forth the effort, but you know it, it helps when there's a support system and a staff and a coaching staff that wants to develop you. And I, I just don't know that even with the coaches that want to do that and are good at that, I don't even know if that's really. Um, always guaranteed, you know, and so, so to have that time that we're fully focused on development and in an environment like that is really important. Um, and I just, look, I guess I want to talk a little bit about, you know, there's no restrictions in, in training. I think that might be just let me uh, for parents listening is that the NCAA prohibits, you know, coaches from interacting with players at certain times and then puts a certain hour, you know, number of hours that a coach can interact and be with a, with a player, um, you know, each year during the season and weeks and stuff like that. And you, those, those rules kind of can fluctuate because you always check those on, on the NCAA website. But um, when it comes to recruiting, there's, you know, a kid in high school, um, there's, there's certainly restrictions on a college coach to see that player play. There's certain times of the year where they can't uh, connect with a kid, but also too, a lot of times when college coaches are out recruiting kids or they're playing their own season, it's hard to go see kids all the time. But in your situation, Right, a college coach could walk in your door. You know, let, let's say there's a dead period. We just got a, we just had a dead period right a couple of weeks ago. A college coach may, might, might not be able to contact any high school coach, any high school player in the country, but he could walk in the door of your facility and see anybody he wants and talk to anybody he wants. Correct? Uh, I'm assuming yes. Like he, yeah. I, the rules always change, NCAA and AIA. But yeah, I mean it, it's a little bit easier for them to get here and see our guys, especially you know we play games on Mondays and Wednesdays. Um, yeah. And most colleges play Tuesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, right? And so there's some, some days there where they're like, you know, we have colleges coming to watch our guys play games, depending on where we're playing that day. So um, it, I think it is a little bit easier. It's gotten easier every year as we turn out some guys that are pretty good where we can yep. follow up and go, hey, another kid like that one, are you interested? You know, and so it's almost like I always tell them that they're, they will be walking billboards for our program. And so, the, yep. again, it's – the vested interest on our part to make sure that when we turn them loose at the end of this, that we feel like they are fully functioning humans that can go and, and be a part of a college baseball program and, and not be a turd, you know, because we can't, yeah. we can't out a kid just to get them somewhere because now we're doing a disservice to the kids that are coming behind them. So, um, you know, we, we talk a lot about owning the process and there's two parts of this where we're going to give it all we got. And I have no regrets when we get to the end of this in May. Um, but a common theme with some of our players, you know, when we sit down and do exit meetings is I wish I would have taken this more serious sooner. Right. And yeah. you can see at some point they go, Oh, I, 
I need to put in a little bit more effort on my own, right? And so there is that component where if I'm telling them we need to get a thousand swings a week and they're getting 700 with us as a team, they still need to find time to come in and get 300 more on their own, you know, and how they do that. Some of them come in early, some of them stay late. Some of them don't do it at all. And those are the ones that we usually have trouble, you know, towards the end of this thing, trying to push off a little bit, right? Because they just haven't developed as fast as some of the other ones. Yeah, and I also would think, too, you know, uh, you know, college baseball isn't for everyone. You know, and that doesn't right. mean the end of the world. You know what I mean? It doesn't, you know, and, and I think, you know, if you're unsure if you want to play in college, um, you know, this, this is also a great opportunity, you know, to kind of live that life for a little bit and to see kind of the amount of time put in. Because I, I have lots of kids who are just like, you know, I, I, want, to, I want to study this or I want to build a career in this and, and the amount of time I'd have to put into that, it, it just baseball just you know is 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 not their top priority as they as they get older. Maybe it was as they were coming up, but now they have different opportunity you know different opportunities. And and sometimes the school you go to and the educational opportunities it has certainly can make a difference. And I think for kids before they make a decision on you know going to a school based on baseball and hoping that those educational opportunities are there, this is another another you know opportunity to kind of take a year to mature yeah. a little bit, grow a little bit, see what you want. And, and maybe you decide at the end of the year, say, hey, you know what, I want to go down a different path. This, this maybe is, where, you know, it's all in how we want to spend our time in life and, and, and hours. And, and um, so I think, I think it, this is great, Coach. Um, I, I want to just ask you to kind of, you know, give any final advice or thoughts. But first, how can, there, how can anyone listening to this get in touch with you? So your website, um, any contact information you'd like to give out, and um, that would be great. Yeah, so we are all over the interwebs. Um, it's BCA, yeah, Um We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Uh, we got a Facebook. My cell phone number and email address is on Twitter. It's on our website. I will talk to anybody at any time about our program. Um, so it, it's pretty easy to get a hold of us. You can just do a Google search for us. Um, and then, you know, just some final, I guess, final thoughts. Uh, I'm still looking for, for a couple more players for this next class. I still need another middle infielder and probably about three more pitchers, you know. And so, awesome. um, again, I think for us, in terms of the pitching side, it's a really good way to develop because I think pitchers more than position guys, they need to be on the mound in a competitive environment and, and try to get guys out, right? Like we yeah. can do bullpens today, um, but we get them on a schedule from, from day one they know when they're on the mound competitively. They know when they're doing bullpens. They know what days they're lifting weights. And it's a pretty regular schedule. And we've seen a lot of development with those guys. And so, you know, if you're a guy that's borderline, I, if I go to this school, I'm probably going to be pitcher number 15, and I'm probably going to redshirt this year. You know, this is a good way to come get in some real innings against live competition. And then wherever you end up next year as a freshman, you're not going to feel like a freshman. Um, yeah. And so – uh, again, we got track man. I got a great pitching coach. Uh, I think it's just a, a really good way for those guys to come get in the intentional time that they need. And then also on the recruiting side, I've talked to probably 15 different coaches in the last two weeks, and I'm asking them, hey, what are you guys still looking for? And they all say, we're waiting on the portal. Every single one. Yeah. Hey, yeah. we got three to five spots left. They got no interest in looking at a high school kid. They, they're waiting to yep. see how the portal out and they're willing to wait you know another four or five weeks to see what happens so it's just as if if i'm a high school kid and i can honestly take a step back and evaluate where i'm at and go 
okay, this, this post-grad thing, it may not be what I want, but it is what I need, right? Those are the kids that usually reap the most benefits, the ones that can go, okay, I'm going to go disappear for nine months. I'm going to go work on me, and I'm going to see how good I can get and, and really maximize the four years you have in college, right? Because a lot of kids will go someplace, play sparingly that first year and kind of work their way into it, which is okay. But if you can come do something like this and then show up as a freshman and be, I'm, I'm like, I'm the guy for four years, that's a whole lot more fun. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like you said, I, I've yet to find anything that uh, – any negative aspect of a postgrad. I mean, I, I, could, I could find negative aspects of JUCO and different – you know, going different places and wasting a year of, you know, like with burning year of eligibility or maybe not getting, the, you know, the educational standards that you want. But, but in postgrad, I've yet to find anything that, that is, a, is a, a negative to it. And, and also, too, like we talked about, kids can – Kids can go to school wherever they want now. You know what I mean? Like they, they can they yeah. can start their education, and certainly there's lots of options, you know, in your area. But you know, with with online classes, there's just you know there's there's no reason why a kid can't start his education process to the level that he wants. And I think that's always was the concern about a lot of parents of going to JUCO or going to somewhere else is that is that your 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 the educational process and you're burning a year of eligibility where this you're just not. So, coach, this is terrific, yeah. and. Um, uh, thank you for your time. And certainly, it, you know, I would encourage all the parents here that you should at least check out their website. And then if you, I think what you'll see there, you'll be really impressed with. And, um, and hopefully that, that, that coach Hughes and his staff can be of service to your son. So coach, uh, thanks again. I appreciate it. Um, and we'll talk. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. I'm glad we connected. Okay. All right, coach. Have a great day. Thank you. All right. See ya. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I wanted to let you know I have a new book out specifically for baseball dads, and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to baseballdadsbook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's baseballdadsbook.com. Thanks.